Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. And I'm Esther, owner of Sereth Design. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We love being transparent, honest, and down to earth on this podcast. We consider you guys such an important part of our episodes. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. We're super excited to be hanging out with you guys today. We are so psyched to have Carly Anna as a guest today on our podcast. Welcome, Carly. Hello. I am so happy to be here. Yay. Okay. Before we jump into all things Carly and kind of getting you introduced and everything, we love to kind of warm up with a little bit of an intro question for all three of us to answer. So Carly, you can go first. What is something that you have recently invested in for your business that you're excited about? Can be small, can be big. What's something that you've kind of bought for yourself? Okay. When I saw you guys ask this question, I was like, that is so funny that you guys are talking about this now because literally just within the past two weeks, we've made huge, like scary investments in our business. And I feel like I haven't been scared of an investment in a long time. We made two of them. So I was like, oh my gosh, what are the chances? Like maybe it's just like the universe reaffirming that these investments are really meant to be. But we invested in Mariah Cause's brand new program. It's a huge program. The biggest program I have ever invested in. It's like 50,000? I mean, I don't know if I can even say it. Wow. You can say it. That's awesome. Congratulations. Oh, I I mean, I'm just, I'm still like, okay, (laughs) it's fine. It's okay. But just going through it in the past week, I'm like, okay, this is so what I needed. And it's the first time in a long time that I have felt inspired and like, oh my gosh, I'm learning things. I'm being humbled again. Like there's a lot of stuff I still don't know which I haven't felt that in like a year and a half, which is just, so it's really, really good to feel like the learner again. So I'm really excited about that. And then we're also investing in a new coach for our programs. And that's really scary because, I mean, essentially like that's my job. (laughs) That's like how people come into my programs. And so having someone come in and do my job and trying to transfer my brain to their brain and train them to do that, it's another scary but exciting investment. So I'm excited to see where it goes, but a little like on edge and nervous about it. <laughs> That's so exciting though. Thanks for sharing that with us. I think that these investments are so big. Like it's so cool to see that, but it's also when you have those big investments that you really like pour your heart into it. You're like, I've put so much energy into it. It's gonna pay off and I'm going to pour everything that I have into learning as much as I can and getting as much as I can out of it. So that's really cool that you have like, even though they're huge, I mean, that's awesome that they're so huge that you get to experience it. Yeah. I feel like I'm like, okay, I'm paying this much money. I'm going to get the results and I have the community, the, the tool, I have everything I need to get these results that I've been searching and searching for. Like I've literally been out. I'm like, where can I find a program like this? And I found one. Oh my gosh, it's there. I can do this. So so we're excited. I've been seeing her ads recently. I think I might've like signed up for a freebie or something. And like, 
her stuff looks so amazing. And so I'm so excited to hear about your experience in that program. I think that like your answer really relates to our topic for today. And we'll jump into it in a second. But like, hey, like when you're investing in that like next level of something for your business, whether that is, you know, getting branding or copywriting or working with a coach like Carly, like that just kind of opens up and expands your understanding of what is possible for your business. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because it's like a perfect tie-in to our topic. Oh yeah, exactly. It's it's weird being in that position again. And I'm so happy that I've found a place where I can be in that position again. Totally agree. Yeah. Esther, how about you? Um, I also have two different things that I've invested in lately. They're a little bit smaller scale than Carly's $50,000 program, which I love and I'm jealous of. <laughs> Literally today, just had my brand photo shoot. So I got back half an hour ago and took off my eyelashes and was like, okay, I'm ready to record. I just got a brand photo shoot with one of my favorite photographers who did my wedding and she's done my brand photos in the past. So that was an investment that I love to do every year just because I feel like it's important to refresh and feel like okay, this aligns again with who I am in this new season. So that was really fun. And then I also am doing standout Squarespace, which I signed up for about two months ago. And just learning all of the new things with code, it has just been so expanding for my business. And I love that I got to invest in that learning. It's kind of like Carly, what you're saying, you just continuously learn. I feel like I need to always be doing that. I've heard really good things about her program. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Rach is so I feel like cool. I plug her every week. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like we do all the time. We need to like reach out and see if she, I think I'm an affiliate. I don't know. We need to like, <laughs> we need to talk with her about that. But yeah, Rach is like one of the sweetest human beings I think I've ever like met. I used, I worked with her when she, before she launched Standout Squarespace, she was doing some hourly stuff for me. And I'm like, she is literally worth her weight in gold. Like, can I pay mm-hmm. you more? She is so amazing. And I know so many designers who have taken her course that just, I've literally never heard a bad thing about it. So if anyone's interested in no, learning more so about good. customizing Squarespace, stand out Squarespace from Square Stylist, little plug. We'll add the link again. Um, we or will. Always. We'll make sure to remember to put the link in. But I mean, compared you, to y'all's, like, oh, I, mine's so tiny <laughs> and like kind of insignificant, but it's something I'm excited about. So I'm going to share it. It's going to be okay. Not insignificant. Um, Nothing's insignificant. Thank you. <laughs> True. I just bought a Dipsado template from searchandgrow.com if anyone is curious. And I... That's my next one. I'm going to yes, too. It was $3.97, I think. So it was like $400. And my proposals have never looked more beautiful. And I've had clients mention, like, I've never seen a proposal like this. Like, And so if someone is shopping around from designers, like maybe my proposal will kind of help show them some of my value before they even book. So it's kind of like a code generator where you like style it in her like generator and then you copy and paste the code over into Dipsado. So you don't need to know how to code. It's kind of like a little code builder. And yeah, my proposals are looking fine, guys. And you can use it on questionnaires. You can use it on inquiry forms. Like you can use it on everything in Dipsado. So I'm loving it. You guys should go check it out. Um, that seems like if you set that up yourself, that takes hours, like I know. days. So that's <laughs> yeah. a steal. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I jumped on it the moment that I found it. I was like, I would pay a lot more. Oh yeah. Those are the ones so, that are like, okay, duh. Yeah. No brainer. Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like everything that I invest in that I like get so much out of, I'm like, I would pay double that. Like oh, I would pay yeah. so much more. Yeah. I actually recently had like, um, I just started my mentorship program. Maybe when this is coming out, I'll be a little bit further down the road. But I had a student say, I thought this was going to be more expensive. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I am planning on raising my prices in the new year. <laughs> so that was like kind of cool because like it was my first round and everything. And well, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but like the value is high. And so the price should be high too. Here, we just need to start talking about pricing. What do you guys think? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, actually, this is perfect because I was going to say like, I I feel like if you don't invest in yourself, how can you ever expect anyone to invest thousands of dollars in your services? Like, You need to be spending the same amount. I mean, you don't have to, but I feel like you have to know that you are worth every penny. And so if you're not investing in somebody else's work as well, how can somebody else invest in you? Yeah. It's like putting confidence in yourself and knowing that you are your best asset in your business. You're the best tool. Like I got this before other people invest in you as like a tool and someone to help them solve their problems. So yes, I mean, obviously again, like, you know, that's not the only way that you can like get to where you're wanting to go. But I mean, I think at least having that confidence and saying, if I need to, I will. Yeah. It's also a way to fast track getting to where you want to go. I think about like when I signed up for DBM, I had just started my business full time. And that was like the push that I needed to charge really high and just go and forward everything. But if I hadn't, it's just a way to fast track. So let's dive in. Um, Carly, I'm going to officially introduce you um, and read your bio. So yay. So five years ago, Carly had dropped out of design school and started her own business with charging $200 a logo. It's fine. We've all been there. Today at 25 years old, she runs a multiple six-figure business that allows her to provide for her growing family, book dream projects at 15K plus, all without selling her soul and every hour to her business. Now Carly is teaching other creatives how to charge more while still having more fun in their businesses. So Official welcome to the podcast, Carly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. fun. It's kind of interesting to have like my welcome thing that's normally on my website, like read to me. Oh, yeah. How does that feel? How does it feel I'm having good. it read to you? <laughs> I love it. I feel very, very important. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're, you're our, our guest of honor today. So I think I personally would love, and I know our listeners would love too, if you could just kind of Tell us more about how you got started in the design world. I know journeys are not linear. Like what twists and turns have brought you to where you are? Give us the spiel. Yeah, of course. So I got married and this, I promise, has to do with the design <laughs> experience. Yes. But I got married when I was 18. So like a baby, like barely legal. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I remember we got married and I was like, hey, what are we going to do now? I am, I could either go to school or I don't know, like sit around and just work. I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And it didn't really make sense for me to go to school for four years, especially since I had like one semester under my belt. And I didn't even know what I wanted to go to school for, what I wanted to work in. So I was like, why would I go to school for four years? And then like not use that degree because I wanted to be at home. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, um, but I still wanted to do something. So I was like, I don't know if a traditional degree is like really going to help me, you know, be a stay-at-home mom and work from home and have my own schedule and stuff like that. I was like, maybe, but I just don't know what it is. So um, I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. I was designing... <laughs> lots of things for our wedding because we got married at 18. We were on a super cheap budget. Like 
so, so, so cheap. Like we did a lot of things ourselves. It was like the ultimate DIY wedding. So I was doing our wedding invitations in like Canva and I loved it. It was my favorite part of the whole wedding process. I was asking my mom, like, okay, is there anything else that, like any other signage that I could design? Uh, What if we put a sign here? Like trying to think of excuses for me to design different things. And it was so bad, guys, like so bad. It was in Canva. I didn't even get the paid version of Canva. I just the free version of Canva. So it was like terrible fonts, terrible background. The design was just so, so bad, but I loved it. And I remember when I was having a conversation with my husband, I was like, I wish, you know, I could just do this for my job. Like this would be so much fun. And that's when my husband was like, okay, Carly, this is a real job. You can do this. And he like, I don't even know what a graphic designer was. He explained to me like, what a graphic designer was. Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And so I started going to, I technically enrolled myself in school, but I knew I was never really going to graduate. I just kind of wanted to learn the basics. I took like two semesters and then I dropped out again. And then that's when I really like started my business. And even then, after like having a year ish of experience, it was pretty rough. I, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I said, charging $200 a logo. My designs were still pretty bad. And I think it was that finally after like a year or two is when I finally felt like I had a good amount of experience. I knew there was something more that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to help my clients solve a bigger problem. And so that's when I got introduced into brand strategy. I was like, yes, I'm going to, I mean, at this time, nobody was really talking about brand strategy except for like, like big corporate male agency type of designers. Like it wasn't a really, you know, like in our space, like it wasn't something that was really talked about. And so I was like, okay, cool. What is this concept? I tried to learn it, but there wasn't, there just wasn't a lot of education out there. And so I taught myself how to do brand strategy. And that's really when my business exploded. And I felt like I got a lot of confidence and how I was helping my clients get to where they wanted to go. And so that was really awesome for me. From there, I just kind of started teaching brand strategy then and now teaching people how to raise their prices. And now we're like five, six years into our business and we take on like five clients a year. I mean, this, this year we took on like two and we really just kind of work with the people that we love and we have a whole team helping us. It's, it's super awesome. I love where we're at in our business. I love that you started just teaching yourself and just trying to soak in everything that you had. Because I think there's a lot of designers out there who maybe don't have the funds to even go to a four-year college. And they're just trying to like YouTube it or soak in all these books and learn everything that you can. So I think that's really cool that you started and you created your own path forward. Because I think that's super unique as well to your clients that you do take on, that you figured this out on your own. You offer something that is so unique and so special to you. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, if I'm being hundred percent honest, YouTube probably taught me more than the two semesters. I mean, I learned two semesters, but I was learning way more on YouTube and all those other little classes like Skillshare that were on there. It was great. There's so many courses available now, but I think it's really interesting to think about how you started right before that explosion and like might've been a part of, you know, the first few people who started 
educating other designers. I mean, at least that's how I see it. Like, you know, I, I mean, I started a couple years ago and I was just kind of like hopping into branding with Brie, which is the first course I took by Rowan Maid right when she released it. And I was like, I didn't even know this type of course existed, you know? And it's like, it's so cool that you bootstrapped your way into like creating kind of your own process. And then you were able to share that with other people and you were open enough to be like, hey, I want to teach other people how to do this. Like not everyone has that mindset. Not everyone has that like expansive, like share open type of thing. And when I think about you and your brand, I'm like, wow, like Carly just shares everything that she learns and she's so open. Like there's so much content on your socials and, you know, you have not just two courses, but you have multiple courses and memberships and coaching. And now that's a huge part of your business. So like, I just wanted to share that. I think that's really cool. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, it's so yeah. something I wish I had when I first started out because I just remember seeing so many people who were at this level that I wanted to be at. And I only had like what I could see on the outside, which was like number of followers, what they were posting on social media, things like that. And I was like, okay, but like how, like, what are you pricing it at? Like, where are these clients coming from? Like, how did you get started? I just had no clue as to where any of it came from. And I think even if you do go to college, like they don't teach you that stuff. And so it was just really hard to piece that together. I think that is so true too, because I did go to a four-year college, but they never taught anything about pricing or like going off on your own. I studied advertising with a focus in design and it was always like, oh, funnel you into a corporate lifestyle and a corporate job and you sell for multi-million dollar companies rather than like what this is kind of a mom and pop type of like starter business and it becomes big, but you never get taught anything. So I think it's so cool that you have this opportunity to teach what you learned because it's not anywhere. Thank you. I mean, it's so fun. I really love it. It's no better feeling than helping other people, really. What do you feel like is the biggest lesson that you had aside from like pricing, but when you were first starting out? Ooh, okay. I I think because I started my business so young and I was so, I just made a lot of really, really dumb mistakes. I could go off on this one, but I think one of the biggest ones that was really huge for me was I was so insecure, so insecure when I first started my business. I mean, I was like the same age as my client's kids. I had no graphic design experience, really. I didn't go to college. I just felt like the underdog of the world and everyone could see it. And if I was going to like make one mistake in my Instagram post or say one wrong thing to my client, like everyone was going to see it. It was going to be so embarrassing. My business would be over, blah, blah, blah. Into the world stuff that we always tell ourselves is going to happen. And so I felt like I, I hid myself and everything that I actually was from, I don't know if I want to say like the world, but just like from my business, I guess, for a really long time. And I posted things and I did things that I was like, this is the right thing that a graphic designer should do, right? I think we all like have this idea in our head of what the perfect or right graphic designer should do and how they look, how they come off, what they talk about. And that was me for a really, really long time. And then finally, I took this one personality test that one of my coaches reviewed for me. And she was like, wait, Carly, like, is this 
right? Like, do you really feel like you align with this personality type, which the personality type was like the entertainer and the silly, like goofy one. And I was like, yeah, that's like who I feel like I am. But like, that's not my business. Like, it's almost like I have two split personalities because I tried to tell my coach this and she did not believe it. Thank heavens. But I was like, that's just not who I am. Like, I can't come off that way. And she was really helpful in helping me see like, no, like you need to tap into this and just be more of who you are. And that conversation that I had with that coach, Emma Natter, at that time was so instrumental. I remember later that day, I went and I opened up a Google document and I wrote down every insecurity and everything that I thought was holding me back. And I like put it into an Instagram post and I was just like, here it is. Like I am, this is how old I am. This is the experience I have. This is everything that I'm nervous about you guys like finding out and I'm letting go of it all. And instead of seeing it as a weakness, I feel like I'm, I'm now going to start seeing it as a strength. And that was huge for me. I, ju- I just wish I wouldn't have spent so long, you know, being scared of the things that I thought were holding me back and the weaknesses that I had and just, you know, putting on this face for so, so long. Cause I think it really did hold me back and it wasn't fulfilling to me doing that stuff. I think you have a really, really strong personal brand. I think people talk about niching and like, oh, what's my industry and who am I for? It's like your personality comes across so well. Like, you know, the the fact that you said that you got like the entertainer as your, you know, your personality type. It's like, okay, yeah, like that makes sense based off of like your socials. And like you did a photo shoot in like a convenience store, I think, like, or I don't (laughs) know where it was in like a puffy dress. I was like, this is the most Carly thing ever. And I'm so here for it. Like, I've never seen this before. Like, I think that there's just this unique quality to you. Um, And it's cool to hear about you kind of stepping into that and then using what you thought was going to be something that people look down on you for. And that is now like probably one of the biggest contributing factors to your success now. So I I love hearing about that. Yeah. Three years ago, you would have been like, are you serious? Like totally different from where I'm at now. I'm so surprised sometimes. I'm like, oh, you followed me for more than three years because it's totally different. (laughs) Black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I think age is also like, kind of an important thing to talk about here because like we're all young. Like we work with people who are a lot older than us. It's like, how do you feel like you kind of got over that specific hump? And then we can get back to like our regularly scheduled questions because they're going off topic, which is fine. But like, that's a big thing that especially when I was younger, really, I mean, I'm 27. So like, we're all basically the same age. Like I still feel that now. Like what advice would you have for someone who's like really insecure about their age? Like, how do you kind of get out of that a little bit? I actually just posted a TikTok about this today because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm turning 25 next month, but I still feel like I'm 18. And I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing in my business. Weird, 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 weird. But that's a hard one. And I feel for anybody who is having that insecurity I mean, every time a client would be like, oh, my kid is older than you or has the same age as you. I just wanted to die. Great. Yeah, I was like, please take me seriously. Please take me seriously. And honestly, I, this is probably not the advice that anybody wants to hear, but, and I don't think anyone needs to do this in particular either, but like posting about it and just owning it was seriously the best thing I ever did. And so I was like, you know what? 
this is something that would normally hold anybody back. But I'm going to see, again, I'm going to see this as a strength. And I, you know, I did all this by the same age. And so, yeah, you could wait until I'm like 30, 35, but I'm going to be more expensive by then. It's like, you should hire me now. And like, there's a reason you reached out to me or there's a reason you're following me. And age is so, we're going we're gonna to get all like philosophical, like age is so Let's do it. And age is a da, 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 whatever, <laughs> right? It's like, does age really matter at the end of the day? Like that much? It's so true. <laughs> yeah, I love that you like just own it and you're like, look at everything that I've accomplished. Look at how much I know and how much I can help you. And I'm turning 25 soon. Like that is so cool that you just own it. I think for me, it's a little bit different. Like I'm 25 now. I never really talk about it. Not that I want to shy away. Not that I'm like trying to pretend to be older, but I have had clients be like, oh, I thought that you were over 30. And I'm like, okay, do I look old or I don't know. Like that's kind of awkward. Like to say like, oh, I thought you were older. I like, I don't know. Like that's kind of weird. listening <laughs> to this right now that is my client, but I feel like I'm veered away from talking about it and it's worked well for me as well. So I'm not saying there's any right answer. Like exactly. if you want to talk about it, talk about it. Like if it's kind of like what you were talking about, Carly, if you want to be, just be yourself, be who you want to be and people will latch on. I think for me, I just kind of like operate in, here's what I can offer you. Like here's the expertise I yes. have. Don't even pay attention to how old I am. I have this expertise so you can listen to me. Laying it all out there. It's probably because I have such like a young brand that I think I probably, I like, I mean, yeah, I'm like doing girl gang things and I don't know, it just cousin parties. Like I'm talking about Disney music all the time. I don't know that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to own it. But I think, com- yeah, confidence shows in lots of different ways. It doesn't have to be like loud and the entertainer like me. It's like, you can show confidence in so so many different ways, just whatever that is for you, own it, be yourself. Exactly. I mean, I'm repeating exactly what you're saying, but I just think yeah. it's great. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of our philosophy over here on the podcast too. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Do what feels right for you. I used to, um, so Carly, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I, I'm a certified yoga teacher. I'm not currently teaching just because like life is crazy and I have a one and a half year old, but I used to say at the beginning of classes, just because I cue it doesn't mean you have to do it. And so I feel like that really applies here. I love that. <laughs> and so if I ever teach, you know, in the future, then like, I'll definitely continue doing that. But, um, I am so curious to learn more about your pricing journey, Carly. Um, I know that that is kind of like a mainstay of the content that you put out and your course and like membership and coaching offers. Tell us more about like kind of like how you got to where you are with your pricing and then like also why you feel like pricing is something that you're just super, super passionate about talking about and like coaching about. Oh my gosh, yes. This is one of those topics I could talk about for hours. Okay. So I obviously didn't start out charging $15,000 and all this crazy stuff. I started out at like $200 and that was me for a really, really long time. And I feel like this is from what I've been coaching to and seeing in the industry, I think everyone kind of goes on spouse where you're like, okay, I'm charging $200. And then you realize that's way too low. And then you get the courage to go to like a thousand, $2,000 at like that range. And I don't know what, like the thousand to two, maybe like three or four, I feel like is the range that most people get stuck at. That was the range I was stuck at for a really 
really long time. And so I was stuck there. And I remember, seriously, for a year. And I remember I was like, okay, if I'm going to be a person who's going to charge like $10,000 plus, this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. I was like, I thought I had to be someone who I wasn't. I was like, I'm going to have to you know, work with e-commerce brands. I'm not going to be able to work with my current industry because this was so rude and annoying of me, but I was like, they just can't afford it. <laughs> like they're so poor, whatever, whatever. Like I was just sticking my hands in their pockets and telling them what they could afford and what their business is made, which is just so wrong of me. But that's, I think it was just more of a reflection of myself, you know, trying to put that on other people. But Anyway, so I was like, I'm going to totally change and work with e-commerce brands and go on LinkedIn and do, again, like the right things of where these high-end clients should be hiding. And I'm going to find that client that way. And I did that for a while. And I don't really know what happened, but I know that didn't work and I hated it. And then all of a sudden, kind of in the background, while I was working on that stuff and trying to get my e-commerce and stuff, which I'm not, e-commerce is great. It just wasn't me. This client that found me through a referral and she was attracted to this one photo shoot I did with a friend that we did for free. She was like, all of a sudden calling me and saying like, I want to pay you $12,000 now. Like no questions asked, like was ready and just there for it. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I mean, it was a huge project. I think even now looking back, I'm like, that probably should like 20, 25,000. So it was like two websites. It was huge, two brands. So, I mean, it was a lot for 12,000, but even just saying, oh my gosh, I'm charging $12,000 and she's not questioning it. And she's in this industry that I love working with and that I thought couldn't afford this type of thing made me rethink everything. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I can do this. And there are people... And then after that, I started getting just more and more confidence and saying, yeah, this is what it's worth. And, and finding those people that could afford that. And like they were in a place in their business where it made sense for them to invest that much. And they were there and I found them. And then that slowly from 10,000, we went to 15,000 to 20,000. It was just a slow increase from there. And now we only work with like five clients a year around like, anywhere. I mean, it's a wide range, honestly. Some we'll do like day rates for 5,000 and we'll do full projects for like 30,000 or more, you know, it's a wide range, but that's kind of where we're at today. And I just, I mean, I remember that feeling being so important to me because at the time I was, I had a brand new baby and like $10,000, like that can really like change someone's life. Like all of a sudden for three or four months, I didn't have to worry about bills. I didn't have to worry about, you know, what I was going to be buying at the grocery store. Like I could just chill for two seconds. And that peace of mind, oh my gosh, was so amazing. And now it's, I feel like it's grown more from just paying bills and da, da, da to like, I get to help my team and profit share with them. And so like when I raise my prices, they get paid more and I get to help them more. And it's not, it's not about me. It's about helping and like this broader vision type of thing. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, definitely. I, I love talking about prices because I think it affects so many things. 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me when you were talking just now is like that audible, like shoulders dropping, like sigh of relief that you get when you are able to finally bring in a significant amount of money. And I think this is something that people have been talking about a lot. Like, oh, well, it's like, oh, money, money, money. It's not always about money, but like money is like a means to an end. Like money means so much to people. And like, you know, I don't think there's anything evil about money. I mean, there's a lot of like mindset things people can have with their families or whatever. It's like, oh, well, why are you working? You should be at home. Or like, why are you like, why are you charging that much? It's so much. It's like that can start to like seep into our own mindsets. And so like, I just love that you framed it not necessarily like, oh, like I'm going to make so much money, but like, look at what this could do for my family. Look at what this can do for like the way I feel every day. Like there's something special and important there. And so I can understand why you're so passionate about pricing. So just, it's getting me fired up now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember there was this one, I don't know, there was this one post for something a year or two ago. I'm like, and I feel like this has been very prevalent in the design industry where you hear like, it's not all about money and which I totally yeah. agree with. It's not about money, but is money important? Yeah. Like it yeah, is. Bill's got to get paid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like some people are supporting their partners. Some people don't have a partner. Some people are single moms. Some people have a, a sick parent. Like you just never know. Like some people are going through mental health, you know, things like you just never know what is going on in someone's life. And so like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't want to like, you know, demonize the money thing because like, it's really impactful. Like it can have a really, I don't know. Oh, I totally agree. Making money is fun too. It's fun. Like, and we shouldn't be afraid to talk about that. You know, Um, there's, this goes a lot into like the way women are socialized and stuff like that to like shy away from those conversations and like, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I love charging 10K. It feels good when I get paid. I love seeing those Dubsado like things in my bank account, you know, like, and I'm not like ashamed of that. And I think that that was, you know, probably a big mindset shift for me when I kind of started going from some of those, like, not like lower level, but like really started charging like what I felt was, was the value of what I was giving. And I don't know. It's like, I think it's okay to have fun with it. (laughs) And you have fun with it. You have fun talking about pricing, Carly. It's like fun to look at your TikToks and your videos and everything. Yeah, money is fun. Like, and I I mean, that's a whole conversation that we could have about women, (laughs) especially feeling that mindset because I totally agree with you. We have to go through like a whole different mindset changes and I think men have to go around with that. But, it, and I thought this in my business too, it's like more money, more problems. And it's like, no, money doesn't mean more problems. Money isn't even about money. Money can be fun. It can fuel the things that like you want. And it doesn't have to fuel this person's idea of success, which is working five days a week and blah, 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 or having a huge team. Like maybe money to you is just like being able to, I don't know, like work one day a week, not hire anybody. You just want, I don't know, like that freedom. Like you get to define that and money, I feel like gives that to you. Like it it can be fun. Yes. Yes to all of that, especially the freedom. Like it gives you the opportunity to take days off to just like restructure the life the way that you want to. Another thing I think about with money too, is like just talking about it is so liberating. Like it feels like you don't have to just hold it in and gatekeep how much you charge. I love that in the design community, we're talking about it even more of like, this is how much you can charge. Please charge that much. Because if you don't, then it like 
is this weird balance of people come to you and they don't know what design is worth. And it is worth a lot. It's worth so much. I mean, you can go on and on about talking about how design can really like kill your revenue. If you have bad design, you're getting nothing. So it's just so liberating to actually be able to talk about it and talk about it in the design industry. Yeah. Because I mean, five years ago, I really don't think, I never saw anywhere where it's like, this is what I'm charging. This is what the price is. You never, ever saw that. And so it's been really cool to kind of see this shift of talking about money and let's be more open about it. And it's it's a good thing. I bet you also feel very empowered when you have people who are in your program who are like, I just charge so much money. Like, and they're so excited about it. Because I remember the first time I was able to charge that much, I was like, ah, like I have to make out. Literally nothing. Like it makes me happier than when I make money. We just had someone who booked two $25,000 projects like within a month. And when she started, she was booking like 1,000. I mean, it was just absurd to me. I'm like, Oh, like nothing makes me happier than that. It's so cool. What do you think is the biggest struggle that you see with designers today around pricing? Oh, that's a really, a really good one. I think if I were to like chalk it up to maybe like one generalized problem that I think a lot of people have is they don't feel ready when they are. And we don't consciously say like, oh, I'm giving myself excuses for why I'm not charging 10K. But I think we still subconsciously want to say like, oh, I don't have 10K followers. I don't have five plus years of experience. My portfolio doesn't look like so-and-so's. I can't charge more than her because she's cooler than me. So therefore I'm stuck here for a long time. Like, I think we just have these boxy ideas of what the 10K designer looks like and when we're ready for that. And honestly, I don't think, I mean, yes, experience is important, but if you can solve a problem for a client, a 10K problem at the end of the day, you should charge for it. Um, whether you have six months of experience or five years of experience, like you need to look at who you are and how you problem solve and what you deliver and look at it really seriously and say, you know, this is important and this is helping people and not look at all the outside factors. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that I think I see people make. Yeah, it goes back to the confidence mm-hmm. of like feeling like you can just be who you are and sell and be able to solve people's problems. And I think that the comparison mindset is so like so prevalent in our community because everything we do is visual. So you see other people and you think I have to be exactly like that before I hit something else. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah, I still that's hard. It's it. tough. Me it's too. Hard. Yeah, I think uh, any level that you're at, you'll there will be people that you will compare yourself to, and you're like, okay, well, she charges this, so I can't charge that much. I, I really that when you said that, that really like kind of jumped out at me because subconsciously, like you can, like you don't even have to. It doesn't have to be top of mind. Like it can literally like affect the number that you say on the sales call, and it all starts on the sales call, you know. So this is just, it's such an important conversation to have. And I'm so glad that, you know, you're here and chatting about this with us. And so our listeners can hear too. Um, I think we were just chatting about like what you find really empowering about charging more, but I would love to hear more from you about like, like how, not only how that changed your life, but like how you see it changing and empowering your students too. Cause I mean, that is, like you said, it's gotta be the best feeling ever. So yeah. 
Like I, I think I put here in my notes, 10K is a big milestone. Like it is. what is empowering about that for you? I truly feel like 10K is the, not the starting place, but it's such a good marker for saying, this is the point when I can be profitable. I can also take time off. I can, whether that's, you know, hiring other people or being a little bit more picky about who we take on, like you're not having to take on every single person that knocks on your door. You can say with a little bit more judgment, this is who I want to work with. And this is who I want to work with. Yes, we would make a really great fit, all that stuff. That I do believe is the point of like true profitability and freedom because we all know like taxes and expenses and all that stuff goes into our prices. And it's just really, really hard to be profitable at even like $5,000. I mean, you can, but you're probably working really, really hard with overworking to be profitable. Or having to take on so many clients that yes. you're just constantly burned out. I feel like at the end of the year, I had some projects postponed and it, right now is a season of burnout for me, but I'm about to go on vacation. So that that's great, but I'm definitely feeling that right now. And, you know, looking at my 2022 and it's like, okay, well, you know, if I want, you know, this intensive to be 5K, like how many clients do I need to like do for this intensive? And like how many like full-on custom projects do I even want to take on next year? And so hearing you share that like, oh yeah, we really only take on like five max, you know, clients per year is like super liberating, like for me to hear because that like sounds amazing, especially for someone who's dipping her toes into education. Like I'm like, that could be me, you know, like, not the fewer clients, the better, because I do love my one-to-one client work. But like, I feel like that just kind of eliminates also a lot of like stress and onboarding and client gifts and all the admin stuff and the communication and the emails and everything. It's like, if you're working with fewer people and charging more, like what a great way to like increase profitability, but then decrease the number of hours you're working. Cause that's like, that's what you champion, right? Carly is like working few, like working less, making it, making your lifestyle the priority, you know, like, and I think that's such a great way to approach the pricing conversation. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Having that freedom to just say like the two clients a year, it's cause it's not about doing the work, right? Like we all love working with the clients. It's fun. For me, it's the mental load of having more than five clients a year. I'm just like, oh, I cannot creative direct and strategize all these projects at once. And nor do I really want to hire that out. Like I don't necessarily feel comfortable with that. I want to keep it under five clients and I have the freedom to do that and really just hone in on one client project. It's so game-changing. I cannot tell you how much happier me and the client are at the end of it. It's so good. Because they get your eyeballs and your mind on their project with no distractions. You know, like I think that that is a huge value lever for you to say on sales calls. Like, hey, this is super limited. It's like almost like you're interviewing them. You're kind of like flipping the script, you know, because if they like want to get on your calendar, they like A, need to book really early probably and B, they need to like pay you what you're charging, you know? And so if they're not okay with that, then that's fine. Then on to the next one, you know? And I think that's a super empowering, like taking the power back from the client because I feel like a lot of people feel trapped by A, the number of inquiries that they receive and then B, like 
what the client like wants them to do. Like that's where we get into like pixel pushing, like, oh, do this, do this. It's like, okay, I'm kind of feeling like I'm shifting really into like, I'm kind of going to be like, I take on a limited number of clients a month. I'm like, two is my magic number, two a month for 2022 is like kind of what I'm focusing on. Like it's really empowering to think about like, okay, wait, I'm in the driver's seat. Who who is the CEO of this business? Me. I am the CEO of this business and I get to call the shots on not who I hire, but who hires me, you know? Like it's such a flip of the script and like it can take a long time to like start embodying that, you know? Like I've been doing this for four years now and it's like, okay, wow, I'm still stepping into that. It's like an iterative process, like oh, everything in, in business. <laughs> it, it's still like, okay, what's the next level of CEO that like I have to step into? Yeah. And it just, it's a little scary, but also like a little bit more exciting every time. But oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. I, I mean, going off of like what you said about like the clients coming to me and it's almost like me hiring, hiring them and interviewing them. That in itself too is such a huge liberating process because I get to like really look at the projects and say like, okay, if I were to do this project, what are the conditions that I would want to be under in order for me to be happy? Like one of our projects this year wasn't a $10,000 project. It was a $5,000 project, but it was like a half a day. And so I'm like, yeah, I will do (laughs) a half a day for (laughs) $5,000. I am more than happy to do that. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I will do a lot of different things if the circumstances are right and being able to say, yeah, these are my boundaries that I get to keep and I'm holding and you can, you know, you can say your budget, you can name where you're comfortable, but here's where I'm comfortable. And if those two places meet, beautiful, amazing, you know? I love that you are at this point now where you can be very selective and you can have the clients that you want to work with. I think that's so cool. I'm very curious though, like prior to this season where you're at to be able to be selective, how did you get past that hump of like, okay, well, I'm charging this much. And what if they say no? Because I think that a lot of our listeners might be curious of like, well, I don't want to say 10,000. And then they say no. And then I'm stuck with like zero clients. Uh, I think there's a really like big mindset shift that needs to happen. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think we have to be honest here, you will probably get more no's, especially as you're making that shift into the $10,000 or just any higher prices, you're going to get some more no's. But this cliche saying goes, you know, the more no's you get, like you're going to get a better yes. Like you're going to get another door that's going to open to you. That's going to be so much better. So I always, anytime my clients or my students are freaking out, we're like, oh, I'm not getting much inquiries as I used to. Like I have to sit them down and be like, Kate, that's a good thing. Remember, we don't want to be booking six clients a month. You only want one client a month. And so if we look at this practically, you just need one more client in the next like month and a half. Do you think you can get one more client in the next six weeks? I'm like, yeah, like I, I can do that. That is so much more reasonable when you look at it practically like that. Um, I mean, but I, I personally, like I went through a stage, not as even a, it was like a year of my business. It was a really long stage where I was charging like 10 and 12,000, 15,000, but I took, I wasn't picky with my clients. I was just like, Oh, I'm charging 10,000. And like, if they're willing to pay my price and work with me, then that's all I really need. Right. 
but I didn't really take into account personality and whether or not like I was getting any gut red flags. Cause you know how sometimes you're like, I'm not seeing any visible red flags, but like, I just don't have a good feeling. Like I, and it's not that they're a bad person or whatever. I just don't know how this would work together. Like when you see their name in your inbox and you're like kind of scared. Yes. It's not even like a scary email, but you're like, I don't even want you in my inbox. You know, it's like, exactly. oh my God. don't take on that client. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I had an entire year of back to back to back to back clients that were exactly like that. And I, that was one of the worst mistakes I ever made was just saying, you know what? Well, they're going to pay me. So I'm just going to look past all these personality things that like, aren't maybe lining us up because it, you know, I'm not a perfectionist at all, at all. Luckily I have team members who are now like way better at details than I am. And I was working with type one, type A, which is great. Again, I wish I could be those type of people. I'm so jealous of you guys who are, but I am just not a good designer for those types of people. And I learned that really, really quick. Um, that, yeah, it just wasn't a good match. And so it was a rough year. It was a really, really rough year. So I, yeah, I've been through that. It's hard. It is really hard. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I feel like it's so interesting to like, for designers who have to get past that hump because yeah, you, you learn a lot from those really terrible situations. I mean, like, it's good that you at least got paid for it, but is it worth it? You know, like, is the money worth the stress and the heartache and the like staying up late working on something and all of that, like personality is so, so important. So if you can get that, like you get paid well, but you also work with people who are really aligned with you and your values and the type of industry you want to work on. I think that's really the best. Yes. It's not just about the money and are they willing to pay you? It's so much more. Yeah. Energy. (laughs) I love one thing that like Morgan always says, um, she's like, uh, I just, I don't have the bandwidth to take this project on right now. And it's like, oh, well, maybe that's emotional bandwidth. Maybe that's like actually time. Like, maybe it's like, well, I can't emotionally like take you on. So like, if anyone's ever struggling to find a way to like turn someone away when like you see some red flags, like just tell them that you don't have the bandwidth to take the project on. Cause that's not a lie. Like they don't have to know what type of bandwidth is. That's so <laughs> um, genius. So- Yeah. Credit to Morgan Rapp on that. I love that so much um, because I don't know, it's hard. It's hard to say no. I think one of the goals I'm going to set for myself next year is like say no to something at least once a month. It doesn't have to be a client. Like maybe just like say no to someone who like wants me to donate something at the grocery store. Like that is how much I struggle with saying no, guys. Like, so I don't know, maybe that'll be like an anti-goal. It'll be like, don't achieve something, you know, <laughs> just to get used to that. Like, I don't know. Um, I mean, that's a whole other conversation around goals and stuff, but I think it is so interesting to like hear you share some of like those struggles that you had, you know, like with pricing and, you know, like even, even now too, like I am curious to hear a little bit more about like any struggles that you have when you're pricing some of these, like maybe they're big projects, maybe they're day rates. Like what do you still struggle with? And what are you still learning about when it comes to like pricing your own projects for your agency? Yeah, I mean, because now when I price projects, it's not just, oh, how do I feel and what's good for me? I'm having to price in mind with, I have payroll that I have to meet. And if I'm going to make them work, it's got to be worth it to not only me, but it's got to be worth it to them because it's got to, we got more bills to pay than just mine. 
it's like I'm taking on the responsibility of paying their bills as well. I mean, I'm not paying their bills. That's huge. You know what I mean? I'm like, I can't just not make payroll the next month. So that is a huge thing that I've had to kind of go into where it's like, yeah, there is reasons why I had $10,000 is a very minimum price range because it's hard to pay your team well and be ethical with paying them when you're charging less than that, unless you're not making any profit of that. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you can still even give someone an ethical wage below that anyways, but yeah, that's been agree. hard. That's been really hard. And I still get scared, like putting prices out. I'm not going to lie. Like saying $5,000 for half a day, even saying it online, I'm like, oh my gosh, people are going to think I'm pretentious. And like, you know, like, oh, it's not worth it. Blah, blah, blah. It's still scary. But do I know in my head and do I trust my gut now? And has it gotten a lot easier to the point where I can confidently still say that? Yes. But yes, it's still scary. It's like this thing that almost never goes away, but it gets easier. Yeah. We were literally just talking before we press record, guys, about like, I had two discovery calls ghost today. And we were talking about like the energy and the like jitters that you get before, you know, hopping on a sales call with someone. And so like... If you guys are feeling that too, all three of us feel that probably every time. Unless it's like a friend, but even so then it's like, okay, well, then there's some other like issues to be scared of when you're working with friends and family. Um, That is a whole other conversation, but um, that like stomach dropping kind of feeling. And so it's like, it's refreshing to like hear you talk about that, Carly, Um, because like, I mean, 5K for a half day, like that is incredible. And people see that value in you and are super happy to pay that. Like how empowering is that? And that's inspiring me. I'm like, I'm going to go and do like a half day. Like, let's go put that offer out there. Like, I love that. That is so cool. Oh, thanks. It's still, yeah, it still sounds absurd. I'm like, yeah, that is a real thing that I did. What? But I, it's so cool to be like, I did it. And it feels absurd and I did it. So I can do more things that feel crazy. Like, and the more I do it, the more it feels normal. Oh, like we're here. It's okay. That's probably the way you felt about like hiring your first full-time oh my employee. Gosh. Yeah. That's exactly the feelings that we're going through. Because like I have been thinking about potentially hiring someone full-time. I think maybe not next year, but I can see like once my kid gets a little older, I don't know. I kind of want to keep things small right now. But like, I think that is so cool, you know, when people are able to hire people full time and like support them and their families. And like, that's a whole other type of pressure though. Holy crap. Like, how do you deal with that? It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, especially because like right now, I mean, we're adding another full time person onto our team. So I'm like, right. people are payrolls doubling. That's, that's crazy. Like, that's a lot. But I just have to, again, go back to the numbers where I'm like, it's okay. I know what I am doing. The numbers make sense. This makes sense. But not only, I'm always like such a numbers person, but not only that, it's like, I I trust my gut. It's going to be okay. And I know that I am my best asset for making this work. Like I know what, even if things go to, to, I'm just about to swear. <laughs> Things go like you can swear. It's okay. To shiz or whatever, you know. Like I can still figure it out. I, I have the capability to take things that maybe aren't ideal and and work around it and like still make the money that we need to because I've done it again and again and again and have a rep. Not even I'm not a reputation, but we have you know the month to month you know 
what's the, what's the word? Not reputation, but consistency. consistency yeah. Or, to show that yeah. we can do this. It's fine. We've done this, you know? So yeah. like, it's just an expansion of your mindset, you know, like, like with your 50K investment, hiring another full-time coach, like that's not cheap, but like that just slingshots you out into like, okay, well, if I was making X dollars with one person, like how much more would I be able to make with two people? And then like, that's you supporting two people's lifestyles too. So it's not just like about you making more money. Like you said, like it's more, even more important for you to know that you are supporting those people. And like, just how cool is that, that because of what you started, now you're not only impacting your students, but you're impacting your employees and their lives and their families. Like, that's just so mind-blowing to think about that that could be like what my agency looks like in a couple of years. That's really, really encouraging. Well, and I feel like that stuff always comes sooner than you think, where you're like, that could be me. And then like in years, but it, that's, I, I feel like I'm still like in that mindset where I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I'm not in that mindset, but you know, I'm like, that was just yesterday where I was saying, oh yeah, that could be me. I know, you know, someday I'm going to get there. And it's like, whoa, I'm here. That was nuts. It's like what you were talking about earlier about like thinking you have to be ready for something, but actually it just hits you and then you become ready. It's almost like, I mean, I've never had a kid before, but like for you guys, maybe if, once you have a kid, you're like, oh, I didn't think I was ready for that. But like, I have to just become I wasn't ready. ready. Be <laughs> I was not ready. I still don't think I'm ready, but it's, he's here and he's alive. Yeah. So. <laughs> but that's the thing with business too. It's like, you're yeah. never actually ready for it necessarily. It just happens. And then you adapt and you learn as you go and you get better as time goes on. Exactly. It's like, okay, we got it. Every month we adjust. It's fine. And the great thing about being a CEO is that if something doesn't work out, then like you just try something else. Like, you know, like it's not the end of the world to like launch a new offer and have it fail or like try a new course and no one signs up or, you know, like just do to, you know, try hiring a VA, but it doesn't work out or whatever it is. Like that is part, a very real part of what it means to do what we do. And like, that's not stuff that people living in the corporate world needs to think about, but it's stuff that we need to think about. And like, if anyone is going through something in their business where they feel like they're the only one where something didn't work out or people didn't buy or no one signed up or whatever, like that is such a normal You could almost count on it. So I just like want to encourage anyone. But yeah, you can like, it's not if, it's when you fail. Like you're going to like, <laughs> but yeah, that's not like a depressing thing, <laughs> right? Like you can't just think that everything's going to be exactly perfect. Like everything works out on the first try. Otherwise you would never get anywhere. You'd never yeah. expand. Kind of reminds me, Esther, of like what we were talking about in the like, uh, what happens when a client doesn't like your brand, you know, or your whatever mm-hmm. XYZ, um, which, you know, will be out in a little bit, Carly, but like, uh, you know, Esther was saying like, sometimes it's better when the client has feedback because then the end result is better. It's the same way with, I mean, better, haha, like little plug, little pun. Um, but like, it's the same way with, with business, you know, like when tough client situations happen or whatever, like I was mentioning, it just serves to show you what you don't want or what you're going to change about next time or whatever. So I think that that was a really freeing mindset shift for me was that like, okay, I don't really know what to do. I don't really have the clarity of like where I want to go or what I want to do, but like, I'm going to invest in this course and I'm going to like figure it out. Or like, I'm going to just take a step forward and put myself out there and say 15K and then 
if they say no, at least I said it. You know, like it's, I think people hold themselves back, especially, you know, women again, like we will just wait until like, oh, well, I'm not ready for that. It's like not perfect. It's like, okay, well, throw it out there. Be messy, like make a mistake, like fail. You know, that we all go through that daily. <laughs> it's just so normal. I just want to normalize oh that and kind of throw that out yes. there. I'm so glad you said that because I don't think there has ever been one thing in my business that's worked out perfectly the first time. It takes yeah. multiple tries. And now we, when we're like doing something, even, even with the things that we've still like been doing for a long time, it's like, okay, well, let's just keep trying it. And it's a constant living, breathing thing that's going to need adjustment. Like nobody has it totally figured out. It's failure, adjust, failure, adjust. And I, I hate even the word failure. It's just like, it didn't work out. Let's try something different. Like <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. process. Yeah. I think um, expecting that, like you said, Esther, rather than like fearing it is something that's just like super liberating. That's like the theme of today's episode is like freedom and liberation. I love yeah. it. But yeah, so like, this has been such a great conversation. It's crazy that like we are, are like kind of nearing the end of our episode, but like kind of before we jump into our inbox question, Carly, I would love to hear more about 10K Girl Gang and the brand bathing method. Um, tell us more about how those kind of came to be, what's in them, and then how someone can kind of find out more information if they're yeah, interested. Yeah, for sure. I would love to. So, okay, brand bathing method is like my baby course. It's the first one I ever came out with. And that is like my signature brand strategy method that I was kind of talking about at the beginning of the episode that I had to develop on my own and figure out. And that's like how I grew my confidence and how I like to personally solve 10K problems is through brand strategy. And so that course goes through my entire framework of how I, you know, work through it collaboratively with my clients and how we present it, all that stuff. And it's, it's a really fun course. I love it. You can go, I think the brand mapping or not brand mapping method. It's just carliana.co slash BMM hyphen waitlist. Then you can like watch a cool little video and it's really awesome. Learn more about it. Uh, but that's always open. And then 10K Girl Gang, uh, we've been doing it for about, I want to say a year and a half, maybe longer now. It feels weird to think that it's been up that long, though. That feels wrong. But I think that it's actually been up for a year and a half. But that's a mastermind that we created after, you know, a while of working with Grand Mapping Method. Um, I kept working with clients where I wanted to help them raise their prices. And Brand Mapping Method was always intended to help you raise your prices. I think it's always kind of gone back to that for me, like helping women, creatives specifically, women creatives, charge more and feel good about money. And I was still noticing that like brand strategy wasn't solving every single one of those problems. But I was like, oh my gosh, like that's such a more intense problem. Like the positioning, the marketing, the finding the clients, the talking about it, the um, how to know when you're ready to charge, you know, those prices and everything that goes into raising your prices. There's a lot that goes into it. Like when someone comes to me and they're like, I, you know, I'm charging this, like, tell me what's wrong. I'm like, I don't know. It could be a lot. It could be a lot of different things. And so that's why we have this intensive mastermind that we run with. And it's been so fun. It's been like one of my favorite parts of my business now because it's so just intimate. The group of women that I get to work with every week, every day, it's just amazing. I love it. And so 
Yeah, if you want to learn more about that, join. We're now, as of January, it's now going to be open just all the time. You can join whenever you want. Sometime around February, the prices are going up. So if this does air before then, then yay, catch it before it goes up. Uh, but you can just go to 10kgirlgang.com to learn more about it. It's really fun. It's my, so fun. I love it. It's a favorite thing I do. Awesome. Thanks for sharing about that with us, guys. Yeah, definitely go check out um, Carly on Instagram as well. Do you want to share us, with us like how people can like find you and like contact yes, you as well? For sure. So on Instagram, I'm just at Carly Anna underscore and the Carly is spelled C-A-R-L-I. And that's what I'm on TikTok as well. I think it's the same username. Um, that's, those are pretty much my main two platforms that I'm on. <laughs> Not really anywhere else. Got it. And you have a podcast too. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention. Yeah. <laughs> no, All tell us things. about the podcast. She is a multi, multi-creative lady here. I forgot about the podcast. I haven't recorded it in a while. I think that's probably why. But yeah, we have a podcast. Uh, CEO over it. It's, it's just a fun podcast like where we share stories. Uh, we talk about like controversial topics where I'm like, what do you guys think about this? Like, is the word brand strategy overused? Is money over hypes, all those types of things. It's really just like a conversational type of podcast. That's really fun. I intended it to be something for people when they just kind of like, they still want to listen to something when they design. They like are kind of just like, I am exhausted and my, I can't soak anymore in today. <laughs> when I met, you know what I mean? Like from the end of the day, you're ready to just like have one last listen and then you're done. That's what the podcast is kind of for. It's just fun. We have podcast. usually have podcasts every single Wednesday. Lately, we haven't recorded though because I've been super sick. But hopefully that'll be up in January. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you guys definitely go check out CEO over. I think the name is just genius. Like when I saw that you were launching that, I was like, this is everything. Um, (laughs) And I, I think it's like this kind of like nonchalance that like I think is an important part of like your personal brand as well. Where you're like, Hey, like if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Then like, like, like you do you kind of like we were talking about mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, so it's just like, I love seeing like brand extensions like that. Like when like a big company will do like a brand extension. I'm like, oh, that is so on brand. That's how I felt when you launched oh, your podcast. I'm so, so happy yeah. about that. I'm, I'm honestly impressed that I was even able to like think of the word. It was like, I love literally it. so I smart. feel like it makes people feel seen too and they can just like yeah. let loose because be like, I feel right. CEO over it all the time guys <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's like an actual mood it's a whole vibe it is a mood I think that that kind of like leads us to our inbox question and in the interest of time I think maybe we'll just ask Carly this question because this could get really long we could do a whole episode about this yes. but like in a couple and sentences <laughs> and we should and we will in a couple sentences Carly this is a question from Bianca Martinez she asks what is your worst client story spill the tea haha <laughs> follow up what advice do you give yourself looking back now that you have more experience so if you can in a little short couple sentences <laughs> share that with us Oh my gosh. Okay. Like I said, I had a whole year of really terrible back-to-back experiences. So I have many that could really compete with this experience that are really close. Uh, The worst experience I ever had was actually this one client who really should have been my ideal client. We lived really close to each other. We had the same religion. We had the same, so many similar things. And 
she I actually go into the full like 30 minute story on my podcast on the gaslighting episode. I was gonna say, I think that there's an episode about this. Uh, she, <laughs> so give us a little taste. Oh my gosh. Basically, <laughs> she thought she was getting way more than what she originally signed up for. I have no idea how she, we were just doing brand strategy and she thought she was getting like the whole brand and not just the strategy. And we get on a call to talk about that. And I had no idea going this call that they were upset. Basically, her and her husband come out of the call and bully me to like bully me to no end. Like I've never seen before on this call. I would be so stressed oh, out. I was bawling. Me too. I was bawling. I'm stressed out right now listening yeah. to this. Oh, I was in tears <laughs> and my baby was like upstairs crying because he wasn't napping. I mean, it was just a hor- I mean, it was an hour long, but they were just like, why would anyone ever pay for this? Like you should have known better no one would ever want this from you. This is crap. Like, and just like so many like personal things. Cause we had the same religion too, about like, yeah. you shouldn't be a member of this religion. Like, how dare you? We're going to go like to the religion. Oh, it was horrible. Cause my husband works for said religion, like trying to, Oh, it was the worst, wow. the worst. I have so many things that I want to say back to them right now. Oh, me <laughs> I don't too. Even know that. <laughs> me too. Not I'm ready to go and like burn so somebody's weird. house down. Like, let's grab our pitchforks <laughs> and like go rally around Carly right now. That's so not cool. It was so bad. It was so bad. I was honestly just in so much. I I wish now I'm like, yeah, I wish I would have stood up for myself and said something. I mean, by the end, I was like, you need to stop. Like, if you say one more thing, I'm hanging up because it was so bad. But it took like an hour because I was just in so much shock that they were doing this that I just could not process. It was bad. So how did that end? Like, did you end up giving their money back and just close it out? Or like, what did what did that go like? So I, I was like, I will do a logo for you because they wanted to get a logo with it. Like, that was the big deal. I was like, I will do a logo, but no, it's on my own time. I don't agree that you should be getting a logo. I don't understand where the miscommunication was, but I will. Uh, and then like four weeks later, they were upset <laughs> that I, they didn't have the logo yet. I was like, it was only four weeks. I was like, I was not planning for this. Like I was in the middle of a big launch. So I was like, you know what? I, this isn't going to work out. I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to do it anymore. And I just ended it right there and never went back. So good for you. (laughs) You really spilled the tea there. I want to listen to your episode on this. Yeah, it was a bad, that was a really good episode. There was a lot, Jen, you had a, I think yeah, we a, ended it with you. Yeah, there's a good one. Really? Okay. Well, I'll have to, I like, I don't know. This is like this whole client story. I'm like, I don't know if like, this is something I ever like will talk about on like my own podcast, but I like, totally I need to go and listen to it because like, I think at the time I was just like, I don't know if I like want to even relive that. Right I now. wouldn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I was, even it was, just, yeah. Even just retelling it on my <laughs> podcast, I was like shaking and so I can totally yeah. understand how you wouldn't want to relive yeah. that. Yeah. I bad. need to go back and listen to it now though, because now I can like laugh about it <sighs> or like laugh at the client about it. I don't know. Oh it is a whole oh thing. Maybe we'll have to like do an episode about you that should. on our podcast. Um, but thanks for sharing that with us. And just yeah, goes to you, show Carly. that like, it happens to everyone, guys. Yes. Like if you're going through a tough client situation, go into our Facebook group and post about it. Like that is what we're here for. We have a community for a reason. You're not alone. This happens to everybody. So um, 
I mean, hopefully not to the extent that like Carly and I have experienced. <laughs> um, Esther, I'm curious about like your tea stories. We'll have to do like a spill oh, the tea we'll episode. We'll definitely yeah, we'll do one. Um, yeah, this is like, Bianca, you have opened up a can of worms <laughs> that like might not be closed, but it's okay. No, we, we need to talk about it. I mean, we talk about the stuff you don't see on Instagram. So like, it'll be a good episode, but yeah, man, that's, oh, that's so crazy. But how great is it now that you can like handpick and select the clients that you want and you will never have to deal with that. Never. Well, I don't say never. Yeah. Hopefully. I think at every level you <laughs> never still deal, deal with, with it, again. but hopefully, yeah, not at that level, at least. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Carly, for being here with thank us. You. This was such a great conversation. I had so much fun. I knew it was going to be a fun one, um, but yeah, just really grateful that you shared your precious time with us and we're so excited for this to launch and get out into the world i can't wait either this is so fun talking with you guys thank you so much for having me here i really appreciate it yeah thank you carly all right well we will see you guys in next week's episode thanks for hanging out bye guys see you later We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. So search for Better, the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thank you to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.